Run ball. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast show brought to you by Fly Racing as well as Traction MX seat covers. Head on over to TractionMX.com and design your totally custom. Our presenting sponsor is none other than Justified Cultures. You can use discount code BIGMX17 to receive 30% off your order at JustifiedCultures.com. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got the champion, Scott Champions, on the line. How's it going, Scott? What's up, man? Not bad, not bad, man. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Not recording just yet, but uh, congratulations on a successful trip out east, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's been uh, kind of a lot of work to get to that point, but I'm glad it worked out. Um, having fun with it. No kidding. Um, any chance that we see you in Toronto this weekend, my friend? Uh, I don't think so. We've been trying to round up some uh, some funds to go do that, but we're a little short, so we're just planning on doing Daytona. Fair enough. Daytona on a 450. Now, uh, uh, you're, of course, a uh, like a, a mainstay over at Barn Pro's Home Depot Yamaha, and um, you, you've been there for, for a couple of years now and, and been very successful. Tell us a little bit about your season so far, um, the, the 250 rounds, and uh, when, when did uh, you start talking about uh, grabbing a 450 and heading on east? Yeah, um, this is my second year with the Barn Pros guys, and it's been good. I had a big crash in Phoenix, so that kind of uh, that kind of hurt me. I ended up cracking a couple ribs, and I've just been um, trying to heal up from that. It's been tough during the week. I haven't been able to ride and train like I have at the beginning of the season. But right, um, yeah, I've been working hard, and uh, you know, trying to get in that top ten has been my goal. So. No doubt. So, uh, what? Uh, when did you start talking about grabbing a 450 and uh, and trying your hand at uh, mixing up with those boys? Yeah, I've been talking about it every year. It just never. Um, sorry about that. Uh, I've always tried to do the 450 East Coast rounds, but it's never worked out. And Dave Derringer had a YZ 450 for me that. He uh, is his own personal bike, and we were, we got together and put the pieces together to make it work. It's been good. Did uh, did Bill's pipes uh, set you up with a, a, a top notch system for that motorcycle before you headed off to uh, Georgia? Yeah, the Derringer actually purchased one of those pipes, so he already had that on his bike. So perfect, perfect. It worked out good. 
So uh, putting a bike like that in the main event, uh, basically a daily driver for someone who's, uh, for, for lack of a better words, uh, um, just like more like not racing professionally like you are um that that's pretty that's pretty amazing to think that you can put a bike like that in the main event uh, uh, crazy to think of what you could do with uh with a, a full-blown race bike underneath you yeah that bike's completely bone stock with a pipe so i was happy you know i was uh able to mix it up and, and get into the main it was good what is it with you and uh, and 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 LCQs? Because uh, in, even in the 250s, you ended up in the LCQ a couple of times, and you're able to grab the whole shot or, or be right up front and, and lead those things. And then uh, same thing with the the 450s. I kept watch. I watched the entire event, and um, like it seemed like you struggled on starts. Obviously, on a completely stock machine, that totally uh, makes sense. But uh, how are you able to make it click in the uh, in in the the LCQ where you found yourself in fourth place uh, and in quite a battle on the last? lot there yeah no i put myself in a decent position in the lcq and um clayson uh kind of put a good move on me in the semi and then he also did that in the lcq so i was i wasn't very happy with him at first just because it was uh borderline dirty but uh i mean i know it's racing and that's we're going for that last spot, and I was just I was happy that uh, I came out with the spot. There you go. Look, looks like there is some some bad blood afterwards. Have the two of you uh, patched things up a little bit, or uh, more or less uh, water under the bridge? Because, like you said, that is racing. It's the LCQ after all. Last chance. Yeah. No. It was. We're all good. Um, I'm. Uh, I'm not usually that type of guy that's gonna you know almost t-bone you, but. Sometimes you got to do that, and uh, it's just part of it. What was going through your mind after he made that pass on the last lap, and then uh, he, you, you see him uh, kind of lose it in the whoops a little bit, and then uh, I still didn't think you were going to get him uh, once you guys went into that corner, but uh, that stock Yamaha hooked up, and uh, over the finish line you went. Yeah. Um, after he, he made that pass on me, I, I messed up both those rhythm sections, so I was kind of frustrated with that, and then, Right before the whoops, I said, I'm either crashing or I'm going to T-bone this guy. And uh, <laughs> I ended up making a pretty clean pass, and, and that was that. Fair enough. Now, uh, into the main event, the first time, I believe, uh, I, I don't think whatever reason you'd ever have to ride uh, 26 laps on a, on a Supercross track. What was that like on a track that was uh, basically coming apart at the seams and uh, with some pretty, with a pretty gnarly sand section uh, mixed in there yeah. with a, a nasty wall jump? Um, what was it like uh, doing those laps, 26 laps on a Supercross bike or a Supercross track on a, on a bone stock 450? Yeah, I was... Uh it was a lot of riding during the day, you know, compared to the lights class that I've been doing for, I guess this is my seventh or eighth year. Um, to have to go to the heat race, semi LCQ. And then, you know, on top of those three practices that we did by the time the main event came around, uh, we didn't have a lot of recovery time and rest. So, um, I've, I've only ridden this 450 one day on an outdoor track. So, uh, that was the first time riding Supercross on the 450 this season, and uh, even just practicing on it, I didn't know how the suspension and everything was going to work out. But Enzo got me uh, dialed in, and I didn't even have to do too much to it. I was pretty happy with it. And then uh, 
yeah, the, the main was, was rough. Um, I ended up getting some side cramps pretty early in the, in the race just cause I was chugging water, uh, right after the LCQ so much. So, um, that wasn't very good, but yeah, man, just, uh, I had a, I washed the front end out and, uh, just kind of salvaged, got through the race. Fair enough. Now I understand that, uh, you showed up to, uh, to, to Georgia in a pickup truck, but you were able to ride to the track, uh, in the, in a, in a pretty nice van, uh, supplied by, uh, your, 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 the guy that was putting you up in his house. Uh, tell us a little bit about Frank Mann and, uh, and his, his lending you of a, uh, of a, of a, a panel van. Yeah, we were in a pretty bad situation with, uh, you know, what we were going to do as far as pitting and out of the pickup truck, you can do it, but it's, uh, you know, at nighttime you need somewhere to put all your stuff and it makes it kind of a hassle. So, uh, I got in contact with Frank and he reached out and loaned us his, his, uh, brand new sprinter van. And we, we, uh, met him on Thursday night and swapped vehicles and he let us take it for the whole weekend. And, um, he's putting us up in his house now for these two weeks. And we're actually out here at one of his buddies, uh, full private track that um it's uh it's a gorgeous place so we're just out here doing some riding today and and uh yeah having fun with him there you go well uh frank is good people uh i was about um i was this close and you can't see me but it was very close to uh to actually attending that race he was going to um uh, frank was actually going to kind of uh, helped me out with a, with a flight up there uh, or down there rather to uh, to take in the race. Of course, I'd have to pay him back at some point, but he was going to put that up front. But uh, that didn't yeah. end up happening. But uh, just a great guy to be able to like. I'm sure you, you barely know the guy from Adam, and uh, and he loans you a van, and now you're 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 riding his uh, staying at his place for a couple of weeks. Um, two weeks stay down in uh, in Georgia, and then you're back to California, or what? Uh, we're gonna race Daytona. And then after that, I'm going back to Texas. That's where um, my dad lives, and that's where Brady Kiesel lives as well. So we're kind of teaming up, um, the both of us, and go back to Texas and then back to California to get ready for Seattle, Salt Lake, and Vegas. Speaking of Kiesel, uh, what got into that guy? Was it the was it the uh, the LCQ or one of the semis where uh, he either got the whole shot or second out of the hole and uh, hung up there for about a lap or two? It was uh, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, he's he's gotten uh, a couple good starts the last couple weekends, so he's uh, he's doing good with that. He just has to put the rest together. Fair enough. Um, like uh, sometimes it's tough to pinpoint these things, but uh, what's the weakest part of your game right now as far as Supercross goes? What is it that you have to work on, on on a regular basis, or are you just polishing up, trying to find speed? Uh I mean it's not just one thing. I don't think it's uh, it's a combination of the things, and you have to put that all together on the weekend. So yeah. uh, just getting comfortable with this this bigger bike is my thing, and. Um, I mean, I've struggled on the West Coast season this this year. Um, the tracks have been super gnarly. Like with the time format, it seems like the tracks are have been deteriorate, deteriorating a lot more, and that makes for a rougher track. And um, you know, it's, it's gotten pretty pretty sketchy out there a few times. I know Oakland. I was just I didn't uh, <laughs> want any piece of that track. Like I was hurting already, and it was super easy to make a mistake and you'd land off those triples and it's 
like you're landing the flat because you just stick into that mud and um yeah the tracks have been pretty rough this season and i've been kind of struggling with that but i'd like to to be up there more towards the front in the 250 class um when the season comes to an end but i like the 450 um even though i haven't had a lot of time on it it's it's kind of refreshing to ride with those guys um and yeah i mean the, the 450 you have power everywhere so you're not you're not stressing on oh man i don't know if i can make make that triple in or whatever you know even if you uh make a mistake in the corner you can still pretty much make it so it's cool it's fun Fair enough. Well, uh, uh, any any thoughts uh, on uh, riding a, a 250 in the 450 class? I know we've seen some guys like uh, Josh Greco's doing that right now, as well as uh, the, the the JMC guys over uh, with the Husqvarna's. They've been doing that as well. Yeah, I don't know. I've never uh, I've never done that. Um, I would rather line up on a 450 with <laughs> you know equal motor and of course. Uh, or at least yeah, close I mean, to. It's something guys can do and possibly make the night show, but I don't know how many guys have uh, qualified for mains. Um, I know there's only a, a handful of guys who have done that and pulled it off, but you know, definitely have to have uh, a lot of things go your way to make that happen. <laughs> Not to mention a pretty f- a fire-breathing uh, 250F, but uh, yeah. um, all things considered, uh, you, a, a successful weekend for you into the main event like you wanted to, and then, like you said, uh, a track that uh, was badly deteriorated, and uh, it would say, seemed like for me that uh, the, your greatest asset there out there was a fresh pair of viral goggles, uh, ripping those tear-offs just about every time you'd roll through the uh, sand section. Yeah, that sand section was pretty brutal. Uh, you were trying to set the guy up in front of you to where he wouldn't blast you in the face, but sometimes that wasn't uh, possible. <laughs> no doubt. Well, uh, um, it, it sounds like you got some more motos to do before uh, be- before you head, head off to uh, Daytona and, and the rest of this day. Um, I'll, I'll let you get, uh, throw down some 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 sponsors, and uh, thanks all thanks to all who have been supporting you, and then I'll, uh, I'll let you get back to riding, my friend. Yeah, thanks, man. Um First of all, yeah, the Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team for for getting me back on the 250 West. Um, and then, you know, all the sponsors that come along with those guys, they helped me out with, with getting this 450 set up. Um, all the, the sponsors that helped the team, Motul and Acherby's and Bill's Pipes, Torque One Bars, um, Enzo Suspension, Moto Stuff, Brake, um, we got a bunch of people. I have dedicated ride company helping me out um, with clothing, and those guys have helped me this season. Rhino Power, and um, let's see, who else do we got? We got a bunch of sponsors for these guys. <clears throat> I'd like to thank uh, Dave Derringer for getting me this 450. Wouldn't be possible without him. Um, Frank, obviously, for helping us out over here on the east coast and um yeah man just everybody that's uh supported me and up until now and awesome thank you awesome man well always great to catch up with you man uh keep spinning those laps and uh if i make it down to daytona we'll see you uh live and in charge uh doing your business down there right on man i appreciate it hey this is zach cummins from phoenix racing co you're listening to the big mx radio show we're going to commercial we'll be right back 
Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Commons, Maddie Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate justifiedcultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at justifiedcultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. This is a test of your racersindex.com awareness. This was a test to see if you're ready to be found at racersindex.com. Supercross at Arena Cross are coming up. Now is the time to secure your position on a team. Mechanics, models, riders, flaggers, team owners, production specialists, anything related to racing. Be found at racersindex.com. Click it for your ticket to be found and become part of the racing industry. Racersindex.com, your ultimate race production resource. Visit racersindex.com now. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did, and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fan. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying them. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, 
KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today and never settle. Hey, this is Adam with Vexy MX, and you're listening to the Big MX Podcast Radio Show. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. Welcome back to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Still with you on the line, Traction MX, bringing you this podcast brought to you by Fly Racing as well as Justified Cultures. Still your host, Brad Gephardt. Now with us on the line, we've got none other than Andrew Bauer of the Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team. Andrew, how are you this beautiful Tuesday evening? I'm, I'm great, but I'm just uh, enjoying a unrainy Southern California day for a change. It's not no normal. Doubt. It poured yesterday, so enjoyed it today. Uh, I, I traveled down to Southern California on January 1st, and I believe that's kind of when the rains really started to come. Uh, I only got in about nine days of riding while I was down there. I brought the rain, and when I left, it stayed. So um, crazy amount of rain that you guys have had. Uh, it's been a totally wild uh, west year uh, as far as uh, working with, with the 
Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team. Uh, tell me a little bit about your role with the team and uh, in your year so far, starting off with uh, your role and uh, and how it's it's kind of changed over the last two years. Um, my role really hasn't changed. I got hired initially by Scott and Steve to be the head mechanic, shop manager, uh, just oversee all the day-to-day stuff with the bikes in the shop um, for the team since day one. Uh, nothing's nothing's really changed in my role. I, I help Scott to make sure all the parts are ordered, the inventory is up to date, uh, the bikes are going. I, I check in with the riders. I usually like you know rider mechanic. They talk you know daily, if not hourly, if like when they're together all the time. Uh, for the most part, I usually I'll talk to the mechanic, if not daily, at least every other day. Rider wise, I'll probably talk to like you know because Champion's got his own guy, but I will you know text Scott here and there and like champ what's up how's it going here and there like john ames i'll <clears throat> same thing once or twice a week just shoot him a text hey how's it going but then when it gets to race season you know it's a lot different at race season time because i mean i get you'll see the guys i'll see them every friday saturday um so at that point with it being racing you're traveling on thursday sunday so you're only going to really ride monday tuesday monday tuesday wednesday tuesday wednesday maybe tuesday wednesday thursday one of those things because it's just a matter of what variation you want to run your schedule or your program. Uh, as us as a team, we have tried all year to be together on a regular basis, so we can push each other to go faster and better. Um, some things haven't worked, you know. I mean, <clears throat> people crash, they get hurt. Little things here and there in the beginning of the year, so we didn't have every day of riding together. And obviously, John wasn't part of the team at the beginning onset. Yeah. Um, but we are together for the most part quite often. We try to be a family, like. Um, TLD, the TLE KTM team, when they were a Honda team, and that's kind of the role I think we try to follow our best at is they literally are like a big family. Um, You always see them together. All the mechanics get along amazingly well over there. Um, I know a few of them actually was years ago traveling with um, Bryce Valley when I was working for him, and he was, him and Travis Baker, best friends, and Travis Baker rode on the team. And I used to always be around that group together. And we got stuck back east during a during the, the hurricane. And we got stuck together. But they were the TLD Honda team. They were together all the time. Even like the hurricane stuff, they were together all the time. When we all went we all went bowling one night, they were all together. The next morning, they went to lunch. They were all together. So I mean, I think that's really what we're trying to get at with the Barn Pros Racing Team is to be, you know, like that family fun atmosphere. We want to do good, but we also want to project ourselves in a very you know welcoming area of hey, come over, hang out, have fun. You know, we're here to have fun, look good. You know, that that whole, you know, friendly, fun atmosphere. But we also want to do good at the same point. So I mean, that there are times when it does get serious and we are <clears throat> out there to race and get results as well. There's absolutely a balance. And uh, that the family that you guys have created has been uh, ever-evolving over the, the, the four full years of, of the team's existence, three years of full-blown racing with uh, uh, a number of uh, talented individuals. Um, as far as uh, the, the motorcycle itself and some of the, uh, the parts and uh, the relationships that you've built, uh, what would you say has kind of uh, fed mostly to the, the kind of step forward that Barn Pros has made in 2017? You know, uh, the biggest thing I've seen going from some smaller teams that I've dealt with to being at Barn Pros is, uh, two things that stick out the most are suspension and motors. Um, those are the two biggest components you can have in racing. Like if you have amazing suspension and I mean, Enzo 
they they are they're like in my eyes they are the best. I, I I Ross, Will, and Yoshi like I've gotten to know them really well. My when I first left Minnesota years ago, I actually did Enzo in Minnesota with Craig Decker, so that's how I got to be really close with them. So my relationship with them is really good. And that was one thing that Barn Pros did was they went out and they went and bought eight kit suspension, didn't play around, didn't mess around with it, and they made good they got us they got the best suspension for the bikes. And then going with Dasa, um I mean <clears throat> Dan's been around forever. Dan Lamy's great, knows his stuff. A lot of the almost if not all of them, majority of the factory teams actually use Dan certain things from Dan Lamy um at Dasa. I mean you can't you can't really go wrong when you have a good you know, motor package, the engine's solid, it works good, it makes power, and then when you add good suspension to it, you start putting the two together. I mean, it's just, those are those are two amazing things you can't go wrong with, and that's a lot of I've seen with, with the team compared to some other teams that I've worked for where they have a much smaller budget, and it's, you have to stay within your means. I mean, not like I'm saying that we've got, you know, the same budget that American Honda does by any means, but they went out and they spent the money they had in the budget and they made it work to get some of the best product to make these guys the riders and the team have good product to work with and you know to get better with for sure now uh you your rider is chris aldridge and i understand that this is not the first time you've worked with him uh he's a talented individual with speed for days how do you unlock uh the pandora's box that is uh, the consistency of uh chris aldridge's uh throttle hand you know, those are there. There's a few things that that have to stay secretive of uh, <laughs> my relationship from years ago in racing, being a rider mechanic. But for the most part, it's a lot of Chris is. It's hard. Some days, Chris the racer is unreal. Some days, Chris the rider is unreal. <clears throat> and some days, when he shows up thinking the other one is there, it's not so unreal. The guy's got talent for days. He can ride a dirt bike. No questions asked. Nobody can second guess it. If you put him on a bike and you ask him if he's going to do something and do this, and he literally will blow your mind at times. I remember one of the first times I worked with Chris when he was at Team Green and he asked me to come be his mechanic. And it was, it was nice. I mean, it was good. It was, it was an amazing thing at Team Green. Like it was, it was, it was nice because they had to take care of the motor building and I just had to make sure the bikes ran. So when I showed up at races, I just had to make sure the bike stayed together for the most part. But I guess I did a lot of extra stuff too. But it just we showed up, and he started riding one day, and I was just like, "Holy crap! This is the kid I get!" Like I've got this guy. He asked me to work with his bikes. Like I'm thinking to myself, "Dude, we're 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 not losing any any national at any moto or anything all year." I just sat there with my mouth hanging wide open one day at competitive edge because of this corner he hit, and I'm going. Or you're, that was that. Did I just watch a video game in person? So I mean, <laughs> the kid can go. I just, I don't know. It's he's just. It started off. You had some some big bumps. I guess I'll say, and you had some big bumps in the past. You know, right out of a one, just some big bumps. So we just got to get. I mean, not even him. I mean, myself too. Uh, we both got to get some confidence back in in our in ourselves. I mean, not. We know what we can do together as a team. <clears throat> we won. We won championships together before. We just got to get ourselves work together back up to that pedestal where we can do good. Because we both know that we've we've won before. We both know we can do it. We just got to figure out a way to get back to it. Get that harmony going, my friend. Now, uh, working with an individual who uh, um, 
is, need, needs that that formula to be where it is. How much uh, of of that pressure do you put on yourself to be as meticulous as you can? I know you're a meticulous guy to begin with. Uh, how do you kind of raise your game to uh, go through that motorcycle with the finest tooth comb possible? You know, years ago I was working for somebody and the individual told me uh, there was a bike issue. <clears throat> at a freestyle event because I also work for Matt Biden and the person told me, I don't want to say names. They told me, Hey, so-and-so found something and it may come back onto you. And I was like, what? And then they started, it started getting more and more clear. And I was like, wait a minute, wait. Oh, and then the person said, Hey, whether you're working on so-and-so's bike or so-and-so's bike, you need to treat them like it's Matt, you know, Chris, one of your, like my friends, like at that time, I'm not saying I wouldn't go extra mile for everybody, but they were like, you need to make sure that you're on that same level with them as well. And I was like, damn, but I really am. So I'm, I'm very anal, very meticulous, like constant checking of everything because it, I freak out internally in my head nonstop about, <clears throat> did I do this? Did I do that? So then I go back and I'll double check a, check, a second, a third or a fourth time to the point where like I'll, one thing I do at race is I lick my lips a lot. So come Sunday, I'm usually, I'm usually just putting on chapstick over and over and over because I'm just constant thinking and over and playing in my head about this, that, and the other. But evidently the, the, the thing was that that bike issue was never my fault. Thank God. Just side note on that. So that definitely made go. me feel better, but just, I just everything, everything I touch, I try to be overly critical of myself because, um, Things like when I worked at, uh, I, I was at Star Yamaha for a brief time, and uh, the team manager at the time said most most issues and most problems stem from loose or falling off bolts on bikes, and that's how problems happen and riders get hurt and things break. <clears throat> There's a good, there one go. of those well, things that somebody said to me, and it's it stuck with me. I mean, years later, it still stuck with me of being on top of myself, like, I'm overly critical of myself. If you ever see a bike that I built <clears throat> after taking it apart, scrubbing it and building it for something, it usually will look pretty insanely amazing. Like I not to sit here and boost my own, you know, pat myself on the back, but I'm, I'm just overly critical about myself. And I, if I don't think it looks good enough, I will start back over. Fair enough. Well, what, what are you most particular about? And uh, when you're finished a race bike, what, what kind of catches your eye? Uh, or even of, of when you see another, another person's race bike, where, where can you can kind of tell that someone's taken the, uh, taken the initiative or some extra care to make things extra special? If, if any, anybody, any regular person that's walking around, look at their frames. Um, like mine specifically, people think that I polish my frame. I don't polish it. I did years ago, like at some X Games for a couple years ago when polishing was big. It got scrubbed and then it got polished to the mirror. Like you like to brush your teeth in it. Um, I trying to think like there's some mechanics out there that I'd look at some of their bikes and it just, they're, I wouldn't say they're pieces of work, but they are pieces of work. Like it's one of those things that you see and you look at like, um, I was fortunate enough to work for Davey Mills after a while while he had Carlos <clears throat> and, uh, he was now Dungeon's mechanic. He was Davey's mechanic at the right, time. So I got to be, I got to be an understudy to him for a little while. And, you know, just seeing Carlos work and how diligent and how just amazing that guy is like him and same with Goose, like 
you just you sit back and you look at it and you're like, oh my lord. But just nowadays with things that have developed and advanced so much more, um, you know, just being around for years asking mechanics what they do with this, that, and the other, how do they make their frames? I mean, that, my biggest thing is I love making my frame look good. Like I want it to look amazing. I want it to bling. I want it to shine, but I don't want to polish it. I think polishing is the lazy, lazy, lazy ways, lazy way out of making everything look good. <clears throat> take the extra little bit, take the extra hour or two. If your bike's stripped to the frame and you're going to clean it, go the extra mile. Why not? Why, why cheat yourself out of it and go getting some others polish and, you know, just scrubbing with your elbow, wiping it off. You know, sit there, put the, put the effort into it. And then like, I just, it's one of those things that I feel, I feel good about it after I do that. <clears throat> and you sit there and somebody says, wow, that looks really good. They're like, what'd you use? And then I tell them the process and they're like, really? And I'm like, Hey, if you want it to look like that, you look like that. It's, it's one of those things. Like, you know, it's, I really, I mean, other mechanics, like I look at their frames. I look at, <laughs> honestly, it, it, a lot of it's just the frames and the swing arms, how good that looks. I mean, graphics, you know, sometimes you you'll end up with a, a little a little mistake here or there. So I don't really try not to pick too much at graphics because a lot of these guys, a lot of mechanics, you're pressed on time. So when it comes time to doing graphics, sometimes it's a quick throw and you just start slapping to put them on to get them going. <laughs> you know, same with sometimes with uh, just little minor things that are not hypercritical to how the bike is going to work. Fair enough. But, That's like uh, lining up the... Uh... Um, the Dunlop logos at the top and bottom, uh, like of where the uh, I, I always happen to notice that where you guys can line up the Excel logo with the uh, with with the, either a Dunlop or in this case a, a Golden Tire logo. Um, those are like little things that um, kind of tricks to the trade or, or uh, like the things that probably most people don't notice, but uh, guys like yourself, guys like myself, uh, notice on a regular basis. Um, uh, what are what are some of the things that you've kind of changed over the years of like when you first started uh, spinning wrenches? And I guess you could maybe touch on like how you ended up uh, working on bikes in the first place. Um, what are the things, some of the things that you did back in the day that you no longer do, or some of the things that uh, um, a, like a, a guy like Carlos kind of got you out of uh, a, a bad habit? Um, to be perfectly honest, when I was still living in Minnesota and I was still racing, um, I mean, I I couldn't even change a tire. If it wasn't for my dad, I was I was screwed. Like if it wasn't for that guy, I was forget it. You know, bike's gonna fall apart. And I'm gonna ride. If the wheel falls off, hopefully I'm riding a wheelie and it'll stay upright and I won't auger the forks into the ground. <clears throat> it was it was pretty bad. I I couldn't. I mean, barely change oil, barely change a filter. You know, it was it was definitely a working process. Um, you know, like I said, I started doing suspension at Enzo with Craig and. And actually, at the same time, I was working for James Travolny because he was still racing and he was still a top pro. And those two really got me to slow down and start looking at things in a different view of <clears throat> how to build, take apart, you know, correctly use tools. You know, it's that Phillips head screw when you're taking off your chill switch, that does strip out very, very easily if you're not meticulous. And, uh, I'm, I think I might have gone through a handful of uh, Phillips head screws, and I'm sure my dad to the day probably still goes back and thinks about it. Because I remember at one point he stopped putting Phillips head screws on him and started putting flatheads on it, so I wouldn't strip them out. And, <laughs> yeah, um, and it's just one of those Humble things. Beginnings. Those, <clears throat> those two, you know, my dad I just, my dad, I didn't really get learn a lot from my dad 
as to getting into building bikes, just meticulous, like, you know, a lot of slow down, better, get out of the shop. You've already screwed this up. I remember one time I broke, I actually broke a tire iron in half and he told me to get out of the shop because he was going to beat me with the, with the two broken halves. Fair enough. And it was not a tire iron, like a spoon. It was one of the big long forks. And somehow Andrew managed to break it in half. And my dad had those tire irons since he was about 20 years old, 25 years old. So they were, they were like his own family heirloom. He'd had them for so long. He was not the happiest, but, uh, they, like I said, the Volney Decker taught me a lot. I come to California, um, you know, doing stuff here. Actually, I ended up my first race team, Ross Miles. Uh, if it wasn't for that guy, but he, he taught me how to do top ends. I mean, he literally named it. He taught me how to do it. He, he showed me the ropes and from there I was able to grow and get better and get better. And then just. I mean, I'm still learning. I mean, that's one thing like Will Decker told me from Enzo. You know, I asked him, I asked him when I first started, I'm like, Will, you know, not, not like I'm saying you're older, but you're not getting any younger. I'm like, why do you keep doing this? And he's like, the nice thing about dirt bikes is it, they change every year. There's always something new. The technology is always growing. And I've always, that stuck with me. And that's why I really like building dirt bikes is because there's always something to, new to learn. And I do actually like, learning contrary to what my high school report card show um <clears throat> i i enjoy learning and it's it's the the evolving of dirt bike racing i mean look at the electric bike i mean that's may not be something we see in the near future but just the fact that they're there and they go from a carburetor to now they're all electrical and like the, the honda test bike they're right of the track it's got like 1500 antennas on it you, they plug in everywhere and they read all the stuff it's getting more like like NASCAR and IndyCar, <clears throat> it just there's always something new to learn. That's I love that part of it. It's it's a nice feature. And then one thing that I can tell you that every single dirt bike rider should know that Carlos and Lars, who's actually at Honda as well, do not ever wash your seat with water. You take a bottle of Windex and a white towel, and that's how you clean your seats. If you wash your seats with the pressure washer. Not only will you tear up your seat, you will also waterlog the seat foam and you will add numerous pounds, heavy pounds of weight to your seat and you will weight the bike down. Wow, that was that was quite the day. I came back out and I got that look and they looked at me and they were like, you don't ever, ever, ever wash a seat again. And I was like, I'm sorry, don't yell at me. I didn't know how I was raised. They were like, you were raised wrong. You're probably right. <laughs> but... That's one thing that Carlos taught me that's always stuck with me. And every time I see Carlos, uh, I always tell him he's the best mechanic ever. He's the guy's won everywhere he's gone. He's won every rider. Absolutely, he has. And and he had the misfortune of working on the uh, 2004 through 07 <laughs> uh, Suzuki 250F. So uh, the guy has uh, has has seen it all. Um, speaking of seat uh, seat foams, you guys use uh, gut seats as well as the uh, uh, the seat covers, um, working with a company like that, does, uh, they've, they've got a ton of different, uh, foam densities and, uh, and, and also the, the different bases and whatnot. Um, what, what kind of, uh, seat did those guys whip up for you to, uh, kind of save some weight as well as, uh, provide some comfort when those guys are, they don't sit on the seat too much, but when they do, when they do, they gotta be enjoying themselves. Uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I've actually known the guy the guts for a long time, uh, Biden has been the guts rider for a lot of years. When I started building step-up bikes, helping 
just even helping with the step up stuff and doing just the other half of the X Games that he was doing uh, with the seat with building seats. He's been guts forever, so I've always had. I've never actually had to really deal with the heavy seat foam. I've always had the lightweight seat foam from them, which is, you know, that first time I saw that, I was like, "Are you serious? Like, you, you're kidding me? This is actually the seat foam, the stock versus what Guts has." And I was like, "Why do you? Why do you even ride with this stuff?" And this, the factory, like, you get your bike out of the box, just take it out, throw it out, put this stuff on. But yeah, Guts is great. Like, just the the different the different ribbings you can run. I mean, RJ, Rick Johnson brought, had us try that new seat this year where instead of <clears throat> uh, running, it's basically it's like you're taking the seat hump and you put it on the sides of the bike. So now you have seat humps that are going into your, just the upper part of your knees into your thighs that are pushing your legs out, which in turn are pushing your feet in, which are helping you lock yourself into the bike to get more stability and control of your bike. So you're, you're actually riding more with your legs and your arms, which you should be anyways. But right. I mean, that's it's it's something I never thought of on RJ brought it up when he said this year that it was things he has tried with previous riders. Um, you know, and it's, it's not for everybody. Uh, Chris wrote it. He was like, you know, he's like, I'm not sure. I, I like the way it feels. I like this about it, but I feel better without it. Champion got on it at first and he was like, I don't know. And then RJ had him try it again. And he was like, you know what? Actually, I like it. It feels better. And then when John was on the team, we went out to Elsinore one day with RJ and, you know, we started out with the, <clears throat> with obviously he started with not having the option and then he was given the option and he rode the thing and he was like, dude, I actually kind of like this thing. And then we got to the race and they sent a seat because we only, at the time we only had the one seat. So we were kind of flopping it around a little bit and then they sent it and RJ's like, where's the seat? And I'm like, oh, it's in the box. And you just put it on. I'm like, it's race day. And we've already ran with you. Just put it on. You, if you, if he likes it already before, he's going to like it again now. You put it on, he got faster. So, I mean, it's one of those nice things where people like that, RJ, and, you know, years of experience. And then you got a company like Guts that's got the ability to help build things and make things like that. But that even just, just that little bit of a seat, that's like, it's like a side hump. Like, I don't even know how to, how to explain what they built. It's probably, or name it. It's, it's just some things that, like I said, the the evolution that's come from dirt bike racing and all the technology that's come about. It's just there's so much you can learn every every day. So yeah. Um. So that being said, when you first came to Barn Pros, uh, what were your kind of your expectations, and uh, and where did uh, Scott Steffi kind of surprise you a little bit as far as uh, how he runs things and uh, and and the responsibility that he put upon you. Um, my, my thought process when I first came to Barn Pros, actually it came from Brandon at Bill's Pipes. He told me that there was a job opening because we were talking about it. Cause actually at the time I had left pro racing. I was done with it. I didn't, <clears throat> I was burnt out. I didn't like the way things were. I just wanted to work on bikes and I had an amateur kid that I still do stuff for. And I just, I was, was over it. Like just pro racing in general. I just didn't want anything to do with it. I'm in Bill's one day, Biden and I are down there and we're talking and I'm like, Hey, if you hear something, let me know. I'm kind of intrigued because I've done some stuff for Cody Gilmore because I've known Cody for a bunch of years being an Iowa kid. He's still a friend of mine. So I didn't, one Christmas I went home and I was like, hey, what's the story? You need something, need whatever. And he's like, yeah, I mean, if you want to help out, that's cool. So I ended up building him a race bike going into Anaheim one and he had been training and like was really putting an effort. The first, it's, it was the first time he even had, had a national number. And he was, you know, one of those things where I was like, dude, you're, you're a buddy of mine. I'm going to help you. I'll do it. We did it for a very minimal dollar. 
see because there's a friend of mine and a friend of buttons and then it it kind of revitalized me to wanting to go back to pro racing so then i go to barn pros the next year and after brandon told me the job and he told me it was for Politelli. well i'm sorry Politelli. awesome Politelli, by the way if anybody wants the correct pronunciation it's Politelli. so i get the idea i get the word that it's for austin so i call actually called scott and i told him and i'm like you know said who called him said who i was he said they'd interview a few people before me and we talked a little more i gave him some you know background in my life this that and the other and told him that he had said to me it was for austin and i said i know i want it i said i i like austin he's a good kid i i want to work with austin if i've actually tried to uh previous years to actually work with him and so as he was <clears throat> he talked to steve austin they went over a couple of things and called me back and said yeah well we drew straws well unfortunately we drew the wrong one you you got the job so you know you start and we'll be down there in a couple of weeks with some bikes where the motors already sent down and everything but we're we'll have everything we start building here so i ended up you know, meet them, go to the, start building bikes, come out. I didn't really have any expectations from the team. You know, Austin, top rider. He was going, everything was going good. I thought we were going to be good. I went into A1, had a pretty, pretty bad crash, got a concussion. And at that point, it was just a kind of a, just the year went on. I guess things never really progressed. They never really got worse sort of a thing. So I never really had any expectations other than, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I was just, uh, at, at that level. Not making main events is not okay in my eyes. Like I, for sure, I, that's what I you're work, there for. Yeah, I work way too hard. I've been around way too long. I've accomplished way too much with other if, if, with dirt bikes in general, being in all kinds of levels. Uh, so, not making a main event not something I'm okay with. Um, at that point, you have to make your own goals between yourself and the rider. And at that point you go from there and Austin and I never really made any goals. We just wanted to do good. And, you know, just, it just, that crash for me, one just kind of snowballed and went downhill and things just didn't work out with him and the team. And they parted ways and I ended up a champion for the rest of last year, which is weird because I've actually worked for every single rider on the team that we have right now <laughs> at the team. There you go. <clears throat> um, so I never really had it. And this year, you know, it's, they told me last year, like after about round three, Scott and Steven both told me they were like, we want you back next year. Um, you know, last year's guy didn't work out. We didn't ask him to come back. We were like, dude, did we, when we hired you, we didn't know what we were going to get, obviously from not knowing you, but just reading everything on paper and conversations. And they're like, we can't not ask you to come back. Like we want you to come back, you know, come back, same job. They offered me millions of dollars. Of course I turned it down, took a way lesser salary to help out with the team you know, nice guy that I am. And, uh, then this year came about and with my position, I do get, a, I do get a small little bit of say of things that I would like to see or like to do, you know, when it comes down to it, do I have the final vote? Definitely not. Um, we had started talking about riders in the middle of last year. And then I, in the middle of last year, I told him, I was like, Hey, you know, I might have some inside information. Alders might be a free agent at the end of the year, the way things are going. And then, you know, going into Vegas, he's sort of talking a little bit. And then come Vegas and Chris was running top three, we were like, well, forget it. I'm not going to let him go now. He's going to podium. And unfortunately, Chris got hurt. <clears throat> Things went the way they went. We ended up getting a chance of signing Chris. And it actually came down to, you know, um, it came down to Chris and one other rider, and they both had a contract in hand. And that's just the way it panned out. Um, both guys were, both guys are very capable of top tens. And, 
you know, there's just the expectation going into these last three rounds with Chris is in reality, I, I, I just want Chris to do good for himself. Um, I want him to feel good about racing for these last three rounds. So no matter which way things go, I'd like for him to have at least finish off the supercross season on a good note. And, um, Hopefully at that point, uh, Scott Steffi and I will still be friends at the end of the season and we can still joke about his 11th place in the championship standings. So, but there's no real expectations. I just want to do good. I mean, I'd, I like to do good. I've won before. Obviously I want to win again. Um, at the LCQ win at Dallas felt good. The only problem was it was an LCQ, but it's still nice to win. Like I said, I've won before. I want to, I'm going to do it again. I have won. I will win again. There you go. Um, speaking of working with Scott Steppy, he's uh, equipped you the the Barn Pros bikes with a ton of great uh, supporters, including um, Enzo Suspension, and uh, that's a company that you've worked with uh, uh, on a, on a closer level as well as with Barn Pros over the last two years. Uh, how 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 much of a feather in the ca- in your cap is working with uh, uh, Ross Maeda over at Enzo? If I could, if I could, uh, if this wasn't a family show, and I you could read out loud some of the messages that Ross may have sends me in text or via Facebook um, or the nicknames he randomly changes for me. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty entertaining. I've, I'm very fortunate to, to say and feel that Ross is one of my friends and we actually have very entertaining conversations, but it is, it is definitely a feather in the cap. Um, Cause I could call him and ask him questions, you know, you know, with, with Gavin, my, my amateur kid, cause they also run Enzo there. Uh, so if I have a question on this, that, or the other, and I'm like, Hey, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What's, you know, sometimes I, I, you know, you ask those questions about, Hey, what is so-and-so running from this team? And, you know, mean that, that, that yes, no question where he's, you know, shaking his head. No, but he's, you know, saying yes, or he's shaking his head. Yes. But he's saying nothing. Do you know one of those things? So it's super beneficial that I've actually have quite the relationship with, uh, with, all with Craig, Craig Decker and Will Decker, Yoshi and Ross. It just, it, it helps me immensely. Just like I said, I mean, you can have, I mean, we're fortunate to have good motors that we do get through DASA, but if you have motors that are lacking in power, but your suspension makes up for it, you could still do very well racing. So it is a, it is a huge blessing. There you go. So uh, what does a week look like uh, for you when uh, the team goes out east? I understand that uh, although one of your riders uh, happens to be uh, doing some, some rounds on the four, on a 450, um, you're, like, I know you spent some time back in, in Minnesota, but uh, also uh, it's kind of back to the grindstone, picked up the motorcycles uh, and back to the race shop this week. What's, it gonna, what's uh, your schedule going to look like leading up to Seattle? You know, I mean, you saw me in Minnesota. We took an amazing selfie in the stadium. Yes, we I did. Mean, I mean, it was, it was, it was Magical. a moment. It was, yeah, exactly. I mean, you caught me in the bathroom and I said, Hey, let's go take a selfie. And you said, all right, but I'm like, but not in here. So it, it worked out really good. Of course. It worked out good for us. <laughs> um, yes, sir. You know, I come back, there's some things working behind the scenes with barn pros, uh, that I can't, I can't let out of like, I can't let the cat out of the bag right now. Um, I have, not been hiding, not working on bikes. I've been doing this side project uh, that Barn Pros and somebody else are in the middle of working out, and it's uh, it's a good it's a good um, direction for both teams going. Um, I'll kind of let that out. 
there's there's a there's a possibility of a joint union going forward to be more like a Geico and Star Racing and TLD, so we can you know work on a be more competitive in the future. You know, not so far down the road of you know having these ideas, but we're trying to put them in play now. So I mean, I've spent the last couple of days doing some things with uh, another team trying to make things happen. <clears throat> um, Scott and myself and the other other heads of this uh, animal have all been working on this for a while, trying to make things happen sooner than later. Uh, and other than that, uh, dropped off some, some motor parts today at NASA. They're going to start building, building us some stuff during the break. Um, we're going to do some motor testing here in the next week or so. Chris and I are going to go out and try some different things, try to, you know, always, I mean, it's every racer, every team, you know, you first ride the bike, it's the greatest thing ever. Oh my God, how's the bike? Dude, best thing I've ever ridden. How's the suspension? Five seconds faster. Yeah, suspension's the best thing I've ever ridden. Three weeks later, you know, it could be faster. How's the suspension? It could be a little stiffer. It's a little fast here, but it could be stiffer. You know, it's one of those things. So the nice thing with the brake is is you get some time to recharge because, I mean, uh, those, not even just the six rounds, but just the month going into Anaheim 1. Uh, oh, it's a sprint. Oh, dude, I think I had three to maybe four days off in the span of three months, not counting Jesus. the Christmas break I went home for. It. And I think in those those weeks that I was working, I, I think my shortest day was about a nine or a 10 hour day. That's so, insane. Yeah, it was, when you start doing the math in your head of when you're, when you're putting your paycheck in the bank and you start putting the numbers together of, wait, I got paid this much, but I worked this many hours and you're going, Oh, good thing I like dirt bikes and I like working on them. And it's a good thing I like the people I work around. This team is, you know, it's a good thing I like them because if you didn't like it, man, you might just start a forest fire in the shop. <laughs> so. you're, you're not wrong about that, man. There's plenty <laughs> of frustration uh, that goes along with this passionate sport we love so much. And you, you must still love it very much to continue doing it and, uh, uh, and be doing it at the level that you're currently doing it at. Um, goals and aspirations for the future. I, just, I, I know that you want to continue working with, with Barn Pros. And I, I guess you kind of touched on it <laughs> earlier. You want to win. Yeah, I, you know, I went and I interviewed years ago to work at Pro Circuit for with, with Mitch. I've interviewed with Mitch a couple of times and I actually went and interviewed to actually go there to be Chris's guy after Team Green because Chris asked me to. Um, and what's funny is that every time I sat in a meeting with Mitch, he actually owns property in northern Minnesota. We ended up actually, we talked about dirt bikes for about an eighth of a second and then we talked about hunting and fishing in northern Minnesota for the next 10 to 20 minutes. So I literally drove down there, there to talk about fishing. And I haven't fished since I was like a teenager back in Minnesota and I've hunting wise, we just, my, my dad hunted a little bit as a, when he was growing up, but for the most part, we were never really a hunting family. So like I never really hunted, but we talked about fishing and that whole stuff. And to be honest with you, if you don't, so like that, that thing, fake it till you make it. So you just kind of smile, nod your head and just kind of run with it. And you know, it's one of those, <clears throat> you know, I've done this, I've done that. I like what I do would I like to advance more with the team and have the team grow more? Yes, I would. I would like to end up in a, maybe in a different role where I'm not in charge of, of a uh, race bike and practice bike where we have a rider that's got his own practice guy. And that would take a lot off my plate or, you know, I end up in a role like uh Kibby from Geico where Kibby is in charge of just building and 
diagnosing and being in charge of just all the bikes in the shop that doesn't have to touch a single bike unless there's some huge issue. You know, no things kidding. like that. That's, that's just, you know, I've been fortunate enough to know Kibby for years and just he's helped me with a lot of stuff from some previous, previous Honda things that I've done and built. And it's just future wise. I, I like the team. I like it. I've, you know, Steve Osmond tells me all the time, he's like, you're never going anywhere. He goes, when I die, they're going to bury me out behind the shop in the back and we're going to use me as a jump. And he goes, you're going to be here still working on the bikes. You're going to have to learn how to run the dozer <laughs> by then and drive the truck. And I'm like, man, oh boy. But I like it. I like Scott Steffi. Steffi's a great, amazing marketing guy. He's fun to hang out with. You know, don't, just don't ask him about racing stories. Oh my, he'll, if you thought going to church was awful as a kid, oh my God, the stories don't end with Steffi. Now, granted, he's accomplished I spent the a entire day with him, my friend. It, it was yeah. it was eight hours of uh, of, of storytelling. I, oh. I didn't tire of it too much, but uh, <laughs> you're right. He does have he does have quite the the plethora of stories. Oh yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He wasn't like he was a bad racer, but he's got some stories. I mean, who doesn't have stories? But after so long, you can only hear about one person in racing, you know. And then you're just like, okay, seriously. You want to hear what I did? No, no, but hold on. This other race that I was at, this is what I did. And you're just like, seriously, come on now, Scott. But no, he's, now. he's a good guy. I do like, I do enjoy working with them. They do actually, they make it better. I guess so that, that whole family environment, it, it's nice with those two being in charge and having people that I, <clears throat> in my corner when I have to, you know, come to them with questions or trying to make decisions of making bike stuff and you come to them and they're, you know, it's the nice thing is Steffi's, is behind me 99.9% of the time. Unless it's a goggle issue, then he's not behind me because it's his decision. So other than that, I mean, it's, it's good. I like it over there. It's, it's a great, it's a great family, good place to be and work at. I like that. Right on, man. Well, uh, um, I'm, I'm waiting to hear about uh, a, a, maybe a special product that you might be working on in your own personal garage because I hear all these stories about you riding a motorcycle. Um, do you currently have a bike? Do you ride? Uh, and if you and if you if you don't, uh, we need to change that. Um, honestly, the last time I rode a dirt bike, um, I can't even acknowledge. I can't even discuss because it's it. Um, I, I did a race back east under somebody else's name. Um, it was highly, highly illegal in mm. AMA standards. But uh, as for that, I, I moved out here. I did the Vet National a couple times, and I still have my race bike from when I was still racing. And uh, I showed up. I raced 25 plus intermediate and pro class. They double dropped. They, they, they single dropped us together. Well, if you've ever been to Glen Helen and you go down the straightaway at the start straight, and I'm on a 250F and everybody else is on a 450, and the gate dropped, and I literally just waved and said, I'll see you guys over there. And I caught up, and I passed into the pro class, and then going up the hill, they blew on my doors, and then going from racing in Minnesota so many years, I rode Millville over and over and over. So going down the hill, no problem. Right back past them. Going back up the hill. See you guys later. That was, that was one of the last. And after that, it was just like, I don't even want to, I don't make any money at this. So I just, my bike, I still have my bike. It's actually still in my garage right now. Uh, it actually hasn't been started and I don't want to, I don't want to say it cause it's, people are going to be like, are you serious? But, uh, it's just, I, at the end of the day now, I like building bikes. And then when I'm done, I, I like to go golfing with my roommate. My roommate's trying to be a professional golfer and I like golfing with him. He teaches me a lot. I've actually gotten a lot better 
at golfing. He actually, uh, when Byton was living here with us, we both actually would golf with our roommate, and he actually taught us a lot. And we both dropped quite well in our scores from where we were at. But by no means are we changing professions anytime soon. But I mean, to be perfectly honest, I do have little itches here and there, like Christmas practice bikes in my garage. Is there an itch to maybe go ride it this weekend? and not tell anybody because I know how many hours on the hour meter and I'm the one that'll put the timing chain in it. If it needs it, you know, there's that, <laughs> that, that little thing in my mind. And then I think about the fact that I don't think my gear fits me anymore. Mm, um, the, your old fly gear. Yeah. The fly gear is, uh, you know, that's not even that. And the worst thing is, is if I, between probably asking somebody at strict or if I texted max at fly, I probably could have gear in the next few days, but, to be honest, this weekend I'm going to uh, probably complete <clears throat> getting Chris's bike ready for uh, when he gets back in the town and we start getting back after it. And uh, I'm actually going to try to go golfing. There's no there you des- go. There's no desire to go ride a dirt bike. Plus the fact is, if I get hurt, uh, the team's in trouble. My amateur kid is going to be looking at me and laughing at me more than he already does. And I'll just going to have to relocate to the beach house they have in Huntington and just hang out and fish. Fair enough, man. Well, uh, you, I hope that you're, you're staying safe out there and you're able to continue spinning wrenches throughout the rest of the season. <coughs> um, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Sorry, I'm uh, feeling a little bit under the weather uh, today. Sure. But uh, it, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, man, talking dirt bikes, talking spinning wrenches with uh, Andrew Bauer of the Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, my friend. Um, I'll give you an opportunity to kind of thank some people that have helped you out along the way as well as uh, uh, appreciate you giving me the time, man, because uh, an hour out of your uh, weekday evening is uh, is no small ask, and uh, and you gave that to me, so I appreciate that. Uh, no problem, anytime. Who who are some uh, who are some of the people that have helped you out along the way? Uh, you know, I want to say nobody. I want to say I want to do it all on my own, but uh, that'd <laughs> be that'd be a lie. Um, honestly, I really my my mom and my dad helped me out a lot. Um, dad really helped me out because trying to go to college, work a job, and race dirt bikes doesn't always work. So pops helped out with a lot of the financials of making things happen. Mom, same way. Um, and you know just. As I was growing up, I worked for some, I worked for some some riders at the time that were, at, when they were racing, but they were getting done. That were big, big riders that got a lot of support, and they pushed me through. Um, you know, Craig Decker and Pavoni, James Pavoni did a lot coming coming out of Minnesota, and then I get to come here, and you know, Jake Weimer letting me move in with him and uh, getting my feet growing, like moving and, and planting myself and growing here in California was. I can't thank those guys enough. Um, you know, other than that, like. Alex Martin is one too. He was the uh, Minnesota kid. Actually, crazy enough, I raced against him and Dungey my last couple of years in Minnesota, and God, did they beat me badly. But he actually wanted me as his first mechanic from his first pro team when I was in California since I was here. So it worked out good. And you know, I still we still talk. But it was he he did me a favor and got me going in this direction. Ross Miles, mechanic on the team. You know, and it goes from there. Matt Byton, been working for him on bikes for seven years. <clears throat> one of my best friends now, and you know quite the journey and stories of uh somebody comes and asks me privately i might be able to tell you some tales of the of the road between matt and myself that are entertaining that were good uh, you know chris was obviously chris he employed me out of his own pocket at team green team green didn't have to pay me he did and it was great and then in barn pros 
for giving me the chance to come back and and retrace, retrace a dream as well as uh, Ryan and Gavin Sora, uh, my amateur kid and his father. That's where I went to when I just first decided to go back. Uh, you know, they, I've been with him, with Gavin for five, six years now. So, I mean, those guys have just really, really helped, you know, keeping me employed and keeping everything I want going forward in my life. But, uh, you know, a lot of the, along with every sponsor that's ever been on any team that I've worked for, I mean, they obviously paid the bills and they, they helped me going forward too. So they were way too many to mention and I'm not going to put you through that. Fair enough, man. Well, that's quite the list and it's, uh, it's um, an ever growing one at that. Really appreciate you coming on the show, man, and uh, and giving us uh, listeners a little bit of a look into the uh, the, the life of a uh, of a professional wrench. Uh, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. All right, thank you.